Thanks for listening to Orion Talents from the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Previously on this podcast, we've covered different types of interviews and how to prepare for them. Today, we're going to focus on management interviews. With any interview, regardless of the position, you want to understand the company's needs and tailor your strengths to the needs that you've identified. You always want to show energy, enthusiasm, and make sure that you have well-prepared questions for the interviewer. One of the key differentiators for this type of interview is that your leadership experience will take center stage. So you want to make sure that you emphasize that throughout the entire interview. In today's episode, Dave Lemkul, Orion Southeast sales manager, will talk about some frequently asked interview questions, as well as companies that are seeking military candidates for these types of positions. If you have any questions about this interview or topics for a future podcast, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. So if you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe, share with a friend, and give us a rating. Thanks for listening. Hey, Dave, thanks for joining today. Hey, my pleasure. Why don't you go ahead and just tell me a little bit about yourself before we get started? Well, I appreciate it. Um, you know, my background really starts, I grew up in the Philadelphia area, um, you know, high school, you know, throughout there. My dad was in the military, the military police. I grew up with that, you know, it, you know, that in mind all throughout. And then when choosing colleges, I obviously had the local schools in the area, but I was looking for something a little bit different, you know, a little bit of a challenge and military related. I didn't quite have the background at the time in terms of grades uh, to look at academies. And I looked at the Virginia Military Institute um, in terms of, you know, going down there to explore the military, uh, but also you know, kind of get away and be my own person as I grew up a little bit. Um, you know, four years at VMI, really, I fell in love, you know, with the Army. I, I fell in love with the idea of, of leadership um, and went from there, accepted the commission into my first choice was artillery, a little bit technical, uh, but definitely a combat arms and hands-on. And I spent nine years into the, you know, into the service. I did my goal of you know, company command, I was deployed over to Kuwait, um, you know, transitioned out of the service in zero two. And, you know, while I was in the service, I always had the idea of, of transitioning back to the civilian sector. And I went ahead and got my MBA, you know, on weekends and nights, you know, their own post, you know, virtually. Um, and I used that during my transition. Um, you know, post-service, I have held you know, project management positions, uh, procurement positions. And then, you know, life led me into Orion in sales, uh, where I have been extremely happy over these past, you know, eight years now at Orion. I did my first three and a half in our Austin office uh, as an account executive and the past four and a half now going uh, as a regional manager now for the Southeast, uh, you know, here. So extremely happy. Um, you know, path was a little bit windy, but in the end, uh, definitely gave me a little bit of background, I think, to use here during my time at Orion as well. Yeah, and it's great to have you. I think you're the perfect person to discuss this topic with. And today we're going to be talking about management interviews and management positions. We've done some podcasts in the past that have focused on different job families like sales and technical interviews, engineering. Mm -hmm. So today mm -hmm. I thought let's touch on the management side of things. And so right now we're just going to talk about some of the frequently asked interview questions. 
for this type of position. And I guess really what we want to kind of get across to job seekers is what should they keep in mind when answering them and um, kind of just how to answer them successfully. Mm -hmm. So the first question that I would ask you is um, very pertinent to a management interview. What is your biggest professional achievement? Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that, you know, I will ask um, when I'm interviewing people as well. But I think that the number one thing you have to keep in mind is the type of role that you're interviewing for. You know, and there's a, there's a lot of different roles in terms of industries and, and positions. But you have to keep in mind, you know, what is that interviewer looking for in terms of, you know, what you bring to the table? And then you can craft this answer a little bit, you know, in terms of that interview. You know, the second piece is it has to be, you know, relevant. I've I've heard people go off, you know, maybe a little bit into your personal side here um, as well, but it has to be a professional achievement that you did. And you know, most, you know, folks are going, you know, come straight from the service. And you know, that's why people are interviewing a lot of our candidates, Megan, is they bring the military experience. And I think an example from the military for this question really nails down in terms of you know, what they're looking for. Um, and the last piece is you have to make sure that you're providing insight in terms of what you did. And, you know, the military as a whole can be a very team-oriented, you know, you're leading, but a lot of support. And the question sometimes will lead into, into that support element or your answer will. And you got to make sure that you're providing what you did, how you set the structure or the metrics or the goals and the vision, and then how you were hands-on in, in the process, and and you know, give them a good star format, give them a good situation, and the, the task you had at hand, and you know, the actions and the result, and you know, craft it in that package. But make sure it's relevant. You make sure it's you know, try to be in your military service, and just make sure you're defining what you did as a person, and not so much as the team. Obviously, you're giving credit to those you know, supporting you, but it's your interview, and you got to make sure that you're providing you know, what you bring to the table as well. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, now, another one that they're probably going to be guaranteed to ask is, what is your leadership style? Sure. And, and I think this is a lot of the, I think this is a lot of the same. It's, you know, the, the, the response I always hear from a, um, you know, candidate that we talk to will be a, I'm a hands-on leader. And that is a very generic one. It's probably something the interviewer has heard before, and it, it, it's not setting you apart. It's kind of you know putting you into a a group of candidates all providing the same answer. And 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 everybody's leadership style is unique. Um, I think it's okay to provide that answer, but you have to give an example behind it. And and that's what they're looking for. They're looking for if you do use a hands-on leader or a you know you're a teacher, you're a mentor you're a coach, you know, if you, how you craft your answer, you have to provide an example behind it and just say, you know, example of this is, and then you're back into your story in terms of your star format and kind of how that leadership example comes out, you know, so they can visualize what kind of leader you are, you know, so that you can provide some detail, you know, provide them some depth in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, when you had to use that certain, you know, certain leadership style as well. I think that's great. I mean, like you said, a lot of times people can say, you know, I'm a hands-on leader, but it's kind of giving that story to prove it, to kind of Mm -hmm. illustrate, okay, how are you a hands-on leader? Tell me about a time 
where mm-hmm. you did this just because, I mean, it can seem a little bit like a canned answer if you don't have a specific example that backs it up that really shows why you would describe yourself in that way. And I think that's one where, you know, I always talk to candidates and say, you know, there's a thousand interview questions that can be thrown at you. But, you know, you probably have to have four to five, if you will, stories in your star format set and ready to go. You know, and out of these stories, I can emphasize different elements of that story, if you will, to bring to light, you know, what I'm trying to say. And it could be on the leadership style or in terms of setting goals, you know, or in terms of, um, you know, how you had to work under pressure in, in a time sensitive situation. And, you know, one story may have two or three aspects, but if I highlight one of them, you know, I can still use that same story. So I don't have to memorize 15 stories in, in my background to kind of walk into an interview. If I know four or five really good examples of my military career, you know, and a time when something happened, be it leadership or team focused, I can use that. Um, I think that's what, you know, a lot of candidates sometimes get lost in is that I'm not asking for you know, 15 different answers to questions. I need you to know about four or five good in-depth stories that you can talk to an interviewer on and bring to light who you are. And if, if, if you know those four or five, you'll do well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's very good. Now, one that can be a little bit difficult, I think, especially if you even just think about the word conflict, it, you know, has a <laughs> negative connotation. So, I know that a lot of times interviewers will ask this, though, kind of in line with the what are your weaknesses question. They mm-hmm. want to ask sure. these questions just to, you know, get what, kind of see, a little, get a little bit more insight. I mean, it's harder to mm-hmm. talk about weaknesses and conflict than it is about something that has positive outcome. Um, so one of the questions is, give me an example of a time you've dealt with conflict. Now, what advice would you have to someone who's going to answer that question? I think, one, you don't shy away from it and you know it's coming. Um, you know, a lot of the perception in the in the you know, civilian sector still at times can be, well, the military has a rank structure, and therefore your conflict is really not as much because, you know, I outrank you, and, and therefore you get to do what I say. And for those of us who've, who've been, you know, in, in, in the service, we all realize that's not, you know, there's an element to that, obviously, um, in certain times, but there's a lot of times when it's a very dynamic environment where you're going to have conflict and it could be with, you know, different rank structures, you know, higher and lower or a peer. And this is a very common question that that you have to be ready for as a, as a candidate walking into an interview. And it's important to say, you know, initially, Hey, you know, here's how we deal with conflict. You know, I, as an example could say, I want to put myself, in the other person's you know, situation and hear them and just listen and make sure I'm understanding you know, what they're telling me because maybe it's as simple as I'm not listening enough you know, before I respond or I take a step back and try and see the picture and then talk to that person and walk through it. And then again, and we're going to say the same thing here a little bit in terms of leadership style, but again, you have to have this example ready to go, you know, in terms of, you know, an example of when I had conflict was, and, and some people are scared to say that because they don't want to use that example. But I think it's important to say, here's how I had a conflict with a peer here or, you know, someone else um, in the service or, you know, within another position. 
and here's how we dealt with it. And then here's the results. You know, here's what happened. Um, it shows that you're confident in who you are. It shows that you will have, you know, situations of conflict, obviously, you know, throughout your professional career, and you know how to deal with that. Um, and that's important to make sure that you're confident in your answer and it's well rehearsed. Yeah, and you know, I could see this question being a little bit tricky, too, just because of kind of the way you started it out. You know, the military is so clear-cut in terms of what your rank structure is, and the civilian world is not that clear-cut a lot of times. I mean, there's a little bit more gray area. Yes, you might have a manager, and, um, you know, that person has several direct reports, but you're likely to have a lot more peers, and you're likely to have maybe a different type of relationship with your supervisor, so it's not as much do what I say, and that's kind of the stereotype that a lot of managers have when it comes to hiring military is that they only do what they're told to do, and then someone who's in a leadership position can kind of just bark orders. So I think it's definitely important to have a good answer to this one and have one that you know would also translate into the civilian world. So, you know, you talked about um, listening and making sure that you understand what the person's trying to get from you, and I think that's of course, applicable to any conflict in life, whether it's in work, relationships. So I think that's definitely a good answer. And something to keep in mind is that don't approach it in that you're only thinking about a way that you would resolve conflicts in the military, but make sure it's going to be relevant to that hiring manager as well. Exactly. That's very well put. Now, one of the other questions that could be a little bit difficult to answer because, you know, sometimes when a military member is just transitioning out of the service, um, they don't necessarily know, you know, what are my long-term goals? Because, you know, this might be their first interview. It could be they're just still trying to figure out what they want to do. But I think that's a question that gets asked a lot, especially in this type of interview. And mm -hmm. so can you just kind of give us a little bit of insight into how a candidate should answer when they're asked about what are your long-term and short-term goals? No, absolutely. And, you know, this can be a trap question. This can be something that will throw you know, people off. I think with a, a perspective, I think it actually becomes one of your easier ones. Um, you know, someone has to remember that when this person is interviewing you, you know, they're looking at you for their team, and they're trying to picture you in terms of, you know, one position, but, you know, further in the company. And that's what a you know, a lot of companies will look to military veterans for in terms of you hear the intangibles used a lot of you know, leadership and communication and, you know, and, and teamwork and how they're able to come in and learn and grow. And, and, and that's that question right here is, you know, tell me that your vision matches my vision, you know, of you as the interviewer. Um, so step one is short term, you know, short term for me, if, you know, I'm doing the interview, I want to come in and I want to make it known that I'm coming to learn and grow within your company and within your industry. You know, in the first, you know, two years, it's usually a short-term kind of piece of I want to come in and I want to become, you know, an expert in terms of the plants, in terms of the industry, in terms of my project management skill set. However, you're, you're looking at your interviewer, you know, you want to make it known that I'm here to learn within your company and your industry, and I want to grow. And and that's my short-term goal, is to come in almost like a second lieutenant or, or a, you know, brand new person coming out of, you know, high school into the service of just learning everything about your skill set that you can, and then able to take that, you know, that's your foundation. 
And then your long-term is that three to five-year mark. And that's where, you know, you, you can say something as, of, as a candidate, you can say, you know, at the two-year mark, I definitely want to learn and grow and have that as my foundation. And from three to five years, I want to become, you know, look to in terms of a leader and a leader within the plant, a, a leader within the company. And I want to take the next step in terms of, you know, more responsibility, be it again at that facility or outside. And I want to grow in terms of my responsibility in the organization. I like leadership. I like teamwork. And I like, you know, kind of being involved in decision making. And I think that's a very good answer in terms of, you know, short and long term goals because it matches, you know, that candidate's goals to the company. Um, you know, someone comes in and says, my long-term goal is to go to a different industry, you know, it would kind of throw you off, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) you know, but I mean, we joke, but that's, you know, that's something that you have to remember that person is there to interview you for their particular company and their particular industry. And they're looking at you for the, you know, three to five year plan as a leader in the organization. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. And Dave, honestly, I think one of the reasons why, you're a great guest for this show is because you interview candidates all the time. So you're interviewing people for the AE position since you're mm-hmm. a manager in our Southeast mm-hmm. office, but also you're always at our conferences. And so you're kind of involved in getting candidates prepared to go into their interviews. So I think, you know, you're great on that side with the interview questions that we just covered, but also, you know, a lot about the companies that we work with since you're more on the sure. sales side. So. I wanted to talk a little bit if they're with you about just some companies that are consistently seeking military candidates for management positions. Sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, let me, let me start off with maybe an industry that, and I'll, I'll give a few examples then in terms of, um, you know, particular companies. If you take a look at the population, as you, as you take a look at, you know, what's out there, you know, the baby boomers, are, are beginning to retire, if not already retiring, and your medical field and your and your medical industry is now really beginning to boom and hire. Um, and this could be medical manufacturing. This could be in your medical you know, device sales. Um, there's a there's a tremendous spectrum in terms of that. Um, but you know, certain companies like Passion, who a lot of people you may not have heard of, who does a third party manufacturing of drugs uh, for a Merck or a Pfizer or um, a GSK and always hiring military um, for a number of roles uh, throughout uh, to include leadership and management positions. Or you take a look at a Medtronic or a Smith and Nephew who is more on the device side, who you you may be in the operating room, you may be with the doctor, um, you're more on the sales side. Um, So all different levels, I think medical has to be has to be right there with you. Um, and then second, you know, I, I would I would look at automotive. You know, automotive industry, especially in the southeast, but really all, all over. I think they had their top year in terms of of production last year, and they're on pace for another record year. Of you know, companies like Honda, you know, companies that you've heard of, or you take a look at all the suppliers into the automotive industry. You know, the average car will have somewhere in the neighborhood of 250 to 300 companies that all have to have a piece of that automobile that you buy off the lot. Uh, so companies like IAC, uh, Magna, uh, ZF, all tier one 
large organizations love military in terms of backgrounds because of the leadership and the work ethic they bring and the pressure environment uh, that they have to work under because of the demand that automotive industry is currently under are tremendous opportunities for military veterans. Um, there's, a, there's a wealth of companies out there in both those industries that are looking for great talent right now. Yeah, that's great. So just to kind of follow up on something that you just started to touch on, um, you mentioned, you know, the working under pressure and a couple of other reasons that these companies want to hire veterans. So can you talk a little bit more in depth about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, when we talk to an organization or a company for the first time on why should they look at military as a source of talent, you know, you talk on the leadership uh, that a candidate brings, you talk on the work ethic. Uh, that they have learned in the service. You talk on the ability to work as a team, you know, and then and the ability to communicate, you know, you know, be it oral or written communication, um, and how that works into a dynamic of a company. And you know, a lot of our really, really, you know, clients who have partnered with us really will say. Dave, if you can provide me somebody who has a leadership and a work ethic, is coachable, you know, uh, can walk in and just understand that they're brand new to the industry and they have to learn and do their homework at night and, and, and put in that hard work, we're going to teach them the industry and we're going to teach them our culture. But if they can bring the intangibles to the table that I just mentioned, that, you know, we're really going to be successful together. And, and that's what we see is a lot of companies want to have, it's, it's impossible to teach an intangible, or should I say very hard, mm-hmm. but I can teach industry experience. And that's the delta in terms of, you know, kind of where companies look at and say, you know, if you can bring these intangibles to the table, I'll teach you the industry. And that kind of goes back to our interview questions of, you know, that's what they're, you know, I'll say a hiring conference. You brought that up. I always say at a hiring conference, remember why they're here at the conference. They're here for your intangibles. You know, talk about your intangibles right, as a right. candidate, and it'll resonate. Yeah, and I think that's so important, especially for this type of position. Um, you know, the leadership aspect of it, I think, is something that companies always say that's one of the reasons that they love military candidates. And so it's very easily transferable to say someone that has leadership skills and leadership background in the military would be great for this particular management role. Now, there's some some types of job families, like for instance, sales, we have a podcast on that one too, but that's a little bit harder to directly draw like a parallel between someone who was successful in the military, that they would be Mm -hmm. successful in sales. So I feel like for this one, for a management position, it definitely is much easier for the job seeker because you're able to kind of, um, you know, relate to that type of position Mm -hmm. a little bit better. And then also for the manager, because they're able to see what kind of leadership experience you had in the past. And it's, it really gives them peace of mind that you'd be a good candidate for that role. No, absolutely. And and I talk about, you know, management positions and I'll talk about, you know, ZF uh, for a second, who's an automotive, you know, tier one supplier that I mentioned in terms of their management position. You take a look at it and they're managing, you know, 20 to 25 people. Uh, they're responsible for uh, their mentoring and their training and their safety. Uh, they're, responsible for certain metrics in terms of quality and quantity in a day. And they're also responsible for scheduling of those people and, you know, if someone's out, how to cover and a day-to-day kind of managerial responsibility. And if you take a look at that as a transferable 
staying the life of to say a management position in the military as a lieutenant or a you know brand new candidate in terms of the service that's a very transferable you know piece if you can talk on how you had you know that same leadership experience in the service and how you're responsible for their safety their training their mentoring the scheduling and also hitting a goal you know be it daily weekly or monthly you can you can paint a very good story in terms of what you did in the service to what they're looking for out in that particular position. Exactly. And yeah, one of the other things that we talked about a little bit just with the intangibles of the leadership skills. Another thing I wanted to say is that, you know, we've got a ton of books on our reading list on our resources site. So um, if anyone has any questions or wants to just read up before going on an interview and kind of prepare for that. You can't teach leadership, kind of what we talked about already, but you could also like, you know, add to your leadership experience with some supplemental information on the industry. So when you're going into these interviews, whether it's with the medical industry or the automotive industry, you maybe have some background information and, you know, will be a little bit more educated, maybe set you apart from some of your peers that are also interviewing. So I wanted to ask you if you had any relevant books that you would recommend um, that kind of do combine that leadership experience experience with supplemental information, or if there are any books that have helped you in the past? Yeah, my number one, I pulled it off my shelf just to make sure that I had uh, the title, but it's called um, Execution, uh, The Discipline of Getting Things Done. And and one of the co-authors is Larry Bossidy, and he's a former chairman and CEO of Honeywell who was you know, one of our great partners as well. But it, it just talks about, you, you know, how people can, you know, set goals and to set priorities. But in reality is getting things done and, and the execution of it and, and how you manage your time, how you, you know, how you prioritize, then really the results you deliver. Um, and it's very straightforward. It's very detail-oriented in terms of, you know, how one should think in terms of a management position. And, and I found it, you know, it's short, it's to the point, um, and I think it's a great book in terms of anywhere in your career, but definitely starting off in terms of a leadership or management position. And the second one, I, you know, anything from Jack Welsh, I, you know, I, you know, love. Um, I think it, it talks on, you know, his leadership style and, you know, what he did in terms of various roles you know, throughout at GE, um, I think it's tremendous. Um, and I always find myself going back to that book or reading a little bit here and there in terms of different pieces I remember just to catch back up um, throughout a year. Uh, but those two books to me, I think are are you know, very, you know, very good and very relevant. And, you know, I will tell you, you know, these questions are questions that I ask, you know, as an, as, as an interviewer, you know, what did you do to prepare for this interview? Or what have you done to prepare for your transition out of the service? Um, and I'm looking for somebody who has taken the time and effort to, you know, pick up a book and read it and, you know, use that information to help them. It shows me that they're serious about their transition. It shows me they're serious about what they want to do in terms of their next career. Um, and it shows me that if they're willing to put you know, some extra time in, in terms of preparation for their transition, they'll put the same time and preparation in as they come into my industry as well. Uh, so it gives me a comfort feeling in terms of this candidate or this, you know, person sitting in front of me with the interview. So I think, you know, no matter what book 
you pick, pick a book or pick a few books and use that in your interview and make sure you bring it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I know that we've even seen just a significant difference in the success rates of job seekers that have taken the time to read these types of books when they're tra- when they're preparing for their transition. Um, you know, you said pick a book or a few books. I think that's good advice, too. I mean, certainly, like I mentioned, we have a reading list. We've got all these great books and transition topics and industry information. But, you know, you don't want to just drown yourself in books and knowledge and all this stuff that you're not actually absorbing. So you want to make sure to pick one or two or three that are relevant to your career search and that are really going to help you so that you can absorb that information and bring it up in a relevant way when you're interviewing. No, exactly. I, I couldn't agree more, but I think it's, it's a very good, you know, it's an, easy piece of advice uh, to give somebody, uh, but it really shows that person serious about their transition as well. Yes. Now, the last thing I want to ask you is um, just some general advice. So what is your number one piece of advice for transitioning service members looking for a management position? My number one piece of advice. Um, (laughs) I would say, I would say this and, you know, in that you have to understand as a company who's interviewing you, you know, the best place for your development may be in a, in a location that's not your number one priority, you know, but if they're looking at you as a top candidate and not for, I'll use production supervisor as a very generic term and say, I'm not looking at this person as a production supervisor. I'm viewing them right now as my future plant manager. And the best way for me to get them experience right now is at my biggest facility, which is located, you know, in a different region, you know, and I was up in Ohio with you, Megan, instead of down here in the Southeast with me. And I had Southeast as my priority, but in this company right now thinks that my best career progression can be at that facility. And they're right. And maybe that facility is their biggest one. It, it provides you the most exposure. You can rotate there. And then my plant manager role will be accelerated because of that experience. I would just encourage candidates to keep an open mind in terms of their job search and to try and put a three to five year plan in mind versus a, you know, I want to live in this set area. Because uh, I think that will expand their opportunities in terms of you know, companies willing to look at them. It'll also expand their development in terms of what they can get out of that initial, you know, company they go with of you know just grooming them. Going back to that three to five year plan, you, that plan can be accelerated if you're open to more opportunities as well. Mm-hmm. And just using the example that you gave, if someone decides to move from Raleigh to Ohio, they might decide that they love freezing cold winters and flat landscapes. <laughs> Not for everyone, but some people might like it. Some people may like it, but it's, you know, we see it more and more. The companies that are, are talking to us have multiple locations and you may come in, you know, for one location and may, and they may look at you for a higher position somewhere else, but that somewhere else position is, you know, outside the region, you know, and to be open to it, you've just accelerated your career by 18 months. You know, mm-hmm. and it's it's something to, you know, keep in mind that when you go into that position, you know, these companies are 
you know, can be you know, outside the region and be open to that and just be open to the opportunity. It's amazing what happens, you know, when you open yourself up, what opportunities present themselves. Um, and also in your career is at least an 18 month head start, if not two years, just based upon you being open to a different region. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Um, well, Dave, thank you very much. If you don't have anything else, then I think this was great information. I hope it's informative to everyone, and we will have you back to discuss another topic, I'm sure, soon in the future. Anytime, Megan. Thank you for having me. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.